0: Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues.
1: A girl who sued for access to boys' bathrooms in schools wins a $1.2 million lawsuit. Robert Borelli went from mafia to Jesus, and Dr. Michelle watson Canfield turns the hearts of daughters back to their father.
0: Former Navy chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name.
1: A transgender girl who sued for access to the boys' bathrooms in public schools has won a $1.3 million lawsuit. The Blaze reports, a Virginia school board must now pay more than $1.3 million to the Anti-Christian Liberties Union, ACLU, after losing a court battle involving a transgender student who sued the school over its bathroom policy. According to the Virginia pilot, the Gloucester County School Board on Thursday agreed to pay the ACLU the full amount of costs and fees associated with its legal representation of one of its former students. Gavin Grimm, a a woman who now dresses like a man, uh, marked the end of a six year legal battle back in 2015. Grimm was born female, sued the school board after Gloucester Schools prohibited her from using the boys' bathroom. The district had implemented a policy that required students to use bathrooms and locker rooms that correspond to their biological sex rather than their gender identity. In the lawsuit, the ACLU argued that the school board's policy left Grimm feeling stigmatized and isolated and violated his constitutional rights, her constitutional rights, to equal protection under the law. The legal fight dragged on for years before reaching the final stage in June when the Supreme Court declined to hear the case. In its refusal, the Supreme Court let stand a lower court ruling that had sided with Grimm and effectively handed the LGBTQ advocates a victory. Both the ACLU and Grimm, who is now 22, touted the payout as a victory for transgender youth and warning schools that may consider similar measures. Josh Block, the staff attorney for the ACLU said the following in a press release, quote, we are glad that this long litigation is finally over and that Gavin has been fully vindicated by the courts, but it should not have taken over six years of expensive litigation to get to this point. After a year in which state statutes have introduced an unprecedented number of bills targeting trans youth we hope that the fee award will give other school boards and lawmakers pause before they continue to use discrimination to score political points, end quote. Gavin Grimm celebrated the outcome saying the following, quote, I hope that this is an outcome, sorry, that's uh, his female voice. I hope that this is an outcome that sends a strong message to other school systems that discrimination is an expensive losing battle, end quote. Our thanks to the Blaze for that report. You know, uh, I'm, I'm starting to get in trouble, honestly. We're get, we have two strikes on our YouTube account just for reporting the news, just for bringing you these kinds of stories. We're not allowed to comment anymore. We could, we could have three strikes on our YouTube. You know what, forget it, I'm gonna comment anyway. <laughs> this is a demonic spirit inside of this young woman It's not a boy inside of her, she's not a boy. She shouldn't have access to the boys' bathrooms. These are my opinions, but it's also the Bible opinion, right? What did Jesus say in Matthew 19? And he answered and said to them, have you not read that he who made the, at the beginning made them male and female? Even Jesus, the creator knows that there are boys and girls. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we pray in Jesus' name that you would somehow restore the sanity to Virginia schools. Uh, Let the Supreme Court take up one of these cases eventually and let them restore proper sanity. And instead uh, of, of spending millions of dollars to coddle to the LGBTQ agenda. Father, we pray for victory in Jesus' name, amen. Let's take a short break. When we come back, Robert Borelli has a testimony about going from the mafia to Jesus.
0: Giving you a megaphone in Washington, D.C. Dr. Chaps will be right back. If you've been following the
1: LGBTQ agenda, there is now a radical program to take away freedom from Christians like you. In fact, they're trying to pass an unconstitutional law now. It's Misnamed as the Equality Act, but it's really inequality for Christians. And it punishes people like Jack Phillips, the baker who didn't wanna participate in gay weddings, and florists and photographers. It also forces co-ed bathrooms on every business owner in America. You could lose your business if you don't let men into the ladies' restroom. It violates the privacy and safety of women, forces women to compete with men in their own sporting events. And finally, there are no religious exemptions. Even your church will be vulnerable. We want you to sign a petition against this today at PrayInJesusName.org. Click on PrayInJesusName.org. There's a row of petitions there. Look for the one called Equality. We will send it to Congress sign up today. Today, we are remembering to pray for and commemorate our 45th president, Donald J. Trump, who was, in our generation, perhaps the most pro-life, pro-family, pro-Israel, and pro-America president of our time. To remember him and honor him, we've issued these brand new golden commemorative coins. They have Donald Trump right in the cover and it says, in God we trust, to remind you to pray for our 45th president. For a suggested donation of $45 to our ministry, we'll remember and send you this 45th president coin, and Not just that, we're gonna throw in a copy of my book, How to Liberate the World with the Christian Activist DVD. So you get all three. You have a coin to remember to pray and then to learn how to be an effective Christian activist. You get the book and the DVD. And then to show the world your Christian faith, we're gonna add this window decal. It says, I pray for religious freedom. So you can remember to pray, learn, and show the world that you stand with us at Pray In Jesus Name. Please donate today when you visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Click on the bookstore button at the top, and you'll see all four items for a suggested donation of $45. Or call us right now at 866-Obey-God. Get yours today.
0: Defending your religious freedom. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome
1: back. I'm Dr. Chaps. Joined now by our next guest, Robert Borelli, who has written this, actually is written about him, right? The tale and of life and death of a mafia madman called The Witness. This is an actual Gambino family crime gangster who went into witness protection but eventually found Jesus Christ. And now he is an evangelist. Welcome, Robert, to the program.
2: Well, thank you. A, pr- a privilege to be here and an honor to, to be on your show. Thank you.
1: Well, thank you. So uh, how did your story begin?
2: Well, my story began back in the neighborhood, Brooklyn, New York, which is really hard to describe Brooklyn, New York. You had to actually live it in order to live in it to, to order, in order to really know it. But my neighborhood was basically as I grew up, I learned that it was kind of controlled by the Gambino crime family. So at an early age, I started hanging out with those little guys, doing with those guys that, that had storefronts, you know. They were the people that got all the respect for the neighborhood. They protected the neighborhood. So people, legitimate people, store owners, police officers, kind of gave them a lot of attention, a lot of respect. So I gravitated towards that lifestyle at an early age, running errands for them, doing little things and then climbing up the ladder so forth. The more that I did for them, the more that they trusted me, the more they got to like me.
1: You eventually became, uh, what I'm told by your agent, is a drug dealer and you were engaged in crime?
2: Yes. I started out just like, you know, doing the regular things, and then drugs came into the life because drugs was making a lot of money. A lot of money brings a lot of power, and that's what I wanted. So I got involved with the drug business, and the drug business got involved with my business, and I lost everything. And I went from the up-and-coming star in the Gambino crime family to Robert the Crackhead. Found myself the last time in prison in Rikers Island, and uh, that's where... God finally got my attention.
1: You were sent to prison and then God got a hold of you. How did that
2: happen? Well, you know, I, in 1993, my daughter Brianna was born and after seven weeks that she was born, I had an argument with her mom and I went out to get high just for that night and I would come back the next day and that didn't happen. So the mom didn't want me around my daughter with that kind of lifestyle that I was living. So she said, you're better off you just stay out in the streets. And that's what I did. In 1997, I got arrested for a case in Florida, a federal case in Florida and a state case in New York for dealing drugs. And my daughter's mom was allowing me to talk to my daughter on the phone. So I called up. Her name is Brianna. I said, Brianna. And she was talking. And she started crying. I said, why are you crying? She said, of course she won't come and see me. Your daughter. Yes. Wow. And she was three and a half years old at the time, and I know I was facing a lot of time, and it kind of like if I could have went and medicated myself with drugs or something, I probably would have did that. But, but you now were in I had prison. To, yeah. I had to deal with all that pain.
1: So you had to face your own lack of, of availability to your daughter, and, and the Holy Spirit used that to convict you to do what?
2: Well, what I did was it just broke my heart, so I slammed the phone down. I didn't want the inmates to see me. I was raised Roman Catholic, so. Not to say Roman Catholics don't know God, but this Roman Catholic at that time knew about God, but I didn't know God. I didn't have a personal relationship. So I gave God an ultimatum. I ran, cried on my knees, said, God, if you really have somebody kill me or change me, I don't want to live with this pain anymore. Yeah. And I think God honored the sincerity and the cry of my heart to kill you or change you well i'm here and
1: and, and you're still here so so he must have changed you yes he did and you were born again you became a a follower of jesus
2: yes sir i did yes
1: so what happened then why is this called the witness and why why did you go into the program
2: well because the feds were were asking for somebody to cooperate with him i figured you know i was in such despair and such hopelessness that i've thinking to myself, I'm Robert the Crackhead, I'm probably going to die Robert the Crackhead, a, a person without hope. And the government came and said, listen, we'll, if you work with us, we'll work with you and we'll give you a fresh start. So I took that opportunity and uh, that's why the book is called The Witness. I was a witness for the government and then when I came out of prison, I became a witness for Christ. So you changed your name, they sent you to a new city
1: um, and, and, and then you became, what was your new job for Jesus?
2: Well, the first, the first part that I did was nursing home ministry. I did nursing home ministry for 13 years. And people were saying, with your testimony, why are you in nursing homes? You should be out there in prisons and street gangs and stuff like that. But I felt God was calling me to help. You know, my mom passed away when I was in the witness protection program. Didn't know until three days after this year passed away. So the, the government finally got in touch with me. I wasn't allowed to go to my mom's funeral. So my heart was crushed because if anybody needed this new agape love that God has given me, it would have been my mom because she went through so much of the hardship of my life. And I felt God was saying, well, you could share that love with some other mothers." And I started nursing home ministry, and that's what I started doing for 13 years. So
1: I have been a chaplain in nursing homes. It's a precious ministry to elderly and sometimes dying people to be able to pray with them and receive Christ so they go to heaven.
2: Yes. Well, I've seen it as a place kind of like a prison, to be honest with you. Right. Because most of those people aren't going to get out until they have a tag on their toe, so to speak. You know, so I figured it's an opportunity, a great opportunity to get them in a relationship with crisis so they have a better life after this life and the torments that they were going through, the troubles that they were going through, physical or whatever it was, mental or whatever the situation was. So and, and what is the
1: message that you have about Jesus? How does he forgive our sins?
2: Well, listen, the Bible says those who are forgiven much will love much. And I believe people will come up and say, well, man, you really needed to be forgiven for all the sins that you committed. But the Bible says the wager of sin is death. So we're all forgiven a lot, right, by Christ if we accept the sacrifice of the cross. The blood that was shed for the forgiveness of sins. So because of that, that what I started to see, now this is how it went in my mind. I could read the Bible and it says that Christ died for my sins. John uh, 6, 6. 3, uh, 316. 316. Yeah, yeah. God so loved the world. That, now, that sounded great, but how it related to me was that was something that happened 2,000 years ago. So how I look at it is if you hit the lottery and I was your friend, I'd be excited for you. But if I hit the lottery, I'd be so much excited for me. So what I did was I put God so loved Robert Borelli that he gave his life. I had to make it very personal. Yeah, so I like
1: that. I, yes. So And God, Jesus died for you. Even if you were the only one on earth, he still would have come to, to forgive your sins.
2: Yes, and the miraculous part is that even when I was his enemy, he forgave my sins. Would you lead our audience
1: in a prayer if somebody is inspired by your story? And, and what would you say and help them pray to God?
2: Okay, well, the first thing you know, I say, it, it, for me, it was a total surrender. I needed to surrender my life for Christ. I needed to allow him to come in and allow him to live in me, then live through me. Uh, I believe God is the shining light, and then he shines his light on us so this way it can flow out of us and into the into the dark world that we're living in. So what I want to say to everybody is this here, no matter where you're at, no matter what situation life you're stuck with, you don't have to stay there. There's never, never, never too late for a new beginning. And the government gave me a new beginning uh, as a new person in the, in the natural. Jesus Christ has done that already in my, in my spiritual when I... Accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. So my prayer for everybody out there who was listening to this, remember this here. That it's never too late for a new beginning. And that should start on your knees, surrendering your life to Christ. And he will bring the hope in a hopeless situation.
1: Amen to that. All right. Our guest has been Robert Borelli. The book about his life is The Witness, available wherever books are sold. Also, robertborelli.com. Thanks for coming on the program. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. I'm Dr. Chaps. We'll be right back.
3: This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Chaps. I wanna introduce my friend, Mike Lindell, who wants to help support our ministry in the work of PIJN News. Uh, Mike, what do you think?
4: Well, I think everybody out there, y'all need to get behind praying Jesus Names Ministry. Dr. Chaps here with this great ministry needs your support and you can you should donate to it you can also use your promo code pray news and anything you're getting from my pillow with big discounts a lot of those proceeds are coming right back i'm going to put them right back into this into your amazing charity and show 15 years ago i invented my pillow it took me two years to develop because i wanted to have everything you would ever want in a pillow I made sure that you could adjust my patent and fill so you could have the exact support you need as an individual regardless of your sleep position. I also wanted a pillow that would last, so I made my pillow machine washable and dryable. Go to mypillow.com to get deep discounts, not just on my pillows, but so much more. For example, you get my six piece towel sets, regular $109.99, now only $44.98, or my pillow dog beds for as low as $19.99 with your promo code.
0: Defending your religious freedom, here is Dr. Chaps.
1: Welcome back. I'm Dr. Chaps, joined now by Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield, who is a psychologist, but also uh, has written books for dads to better communicate with their daughters. And I want to welcome you, Michelle, doctor, thank you for coming on the program. Thanks for having me. So I'm excited to hear about this because there's, there's a whole field of confused fathers, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they're like, that teenage girl is confusing to me somehow. Yes. So unravel this for us.
3: Well, every dad that has a teenage daughter is saying that. But the truth is, at the end of the day, You're from Mars, I'm from Venus. Two different planets. We speak two different languages, Martian, Venusian. And I've had dads say, I don't know what to do. So I have noticed that men would rather do nothing than do it wrong.
1: So they just become quiet and they step back, they walk away. Defer to mom. And and
3: girls don't want that either. No, in fact, the research shows that if a daughter feels connected to her dad, every area of her life is better. Better grades in school more likely to finish high school and attend college, less body dissatisfaction and healthier weight. She will have greater self-esteem, significantly less suicide attempts, more pro-social empathy. And you wanna hear the one dads love? She will delay her sexual debut, all because she's connected to her dad. What? Come on, that's easy. Hold up the book and tell us mm-hmm. you've written two books, but this is the first one. Yes, this is the first one. Dad, here's what I really need from you. A guide for connecting with your daughter's heart. So in this one, I just unravel, you know, kind of unscramble, if you will, some of the things that confuse dads, like here's what's going on in our heads. And I've had dads get this book with their daughters and go, really? You think like this? And it's like, yep. They'll go. Yep. Michelle's right, You know, she's a woman, she knows, she's been our age, she knows what he's, she's talking about. And then, you know, I've had a private practice in counseling for 25 years. You've I've heard their mentored stories. girls, yes, yeah. for over 40. I've heard their stories, I'm the oldest of four girls, yeah. and often with tears streaming down their face, they're like, I know my dad loves me, but he doesn't tell me, or all he does is get mad when I don't do things right. And I know dads mean well, in terms of wanting to connect with their daughters, but the older they get, They're more verbal and emotional and more confusing, and so I've written a second book that just came out. This was its first Father's Day, just simply called Let's Talk, Conversation Starters for Dads and Daughters. Wait, Uh, say the name of the
1: second book title again. uh,
3: Let's Talk, right, we gotta get the conversation going, Conversation Starters for Dads and Daughters. So dads can
1: initiate the conversation even if they don't know where to start.
3: Bingo. Like I always say, Dad, if your daughter doesn't like the question that you ask her, blame me and I'm your fall guy. <laughs> well, I know Dr. Michelle came up with that one. It's really lame. But then move on to the next. Because here's, Chops, what I've figured out is that when women open our mouths, when we as women open our mouths, our heart opens. And when our heart is open, our dad's heart is open. But when we ain't talking, we ain't okay. Am I right?
1: When women go silent, it's usually a prelude to a meltdown.
3: There you go. hmm so if, if a dad is more equipped to help his daughter talk, we figure things out by talking. So it's a, it's a double win because we're gonna figure things out by talking You're an and external bond.
1: processor. Yeah. You process yeah. while you're talking about it and it helps you come to resolution in your mind.
3: Absolutely. And then you also bond with your dad in the process. So what I have found is I've been leading groups of dads with daughters in their teens and 20s for the last 12 years. Every year I coach a dozen for nine months, I'm, you know, they're at the band of brothers, I'm the token female, and helping them be equipped to build their competence and then their confidence in knowing how to engage their daughters in topics that they may not always have even thought to ask about. Like, what dad? Do you know many men that have said, oh, yes, my daughter and I have had a thorough discussion about her body image?
1: No, I no. would be embarrassed to I don't have daughters, <laughs> so, but but if I... No. (laughs) No.
3: And and that's why it doesn't even cross the mind of a lot of men. And so I really have a desire, Chaps, to to hand tools to dads to put in their fathering toolbox that allow them to be the hero they want to be and their daughters need them to be. So for example, when I've spoken at men's conferences, I'll say, here's a dry erase marker. Here's a pack of sticky notes. I want you to go home today and put it on your daughter's mirror because the mirror is not most of our friend. We see every flaw. Am I right? Men are like, no, looking pretty good today. Hey, I you know.
1: <laughs> I put on some weight. I feel good. <laughs>
3: you know? And we're like, oh, you know, I gained a pound and I'm criticizing. But imagine the power of a dad's messages on those mirrors. Nice. He's saying, you're beautiful to me. I love you just how you are. I'm thanking God I'm your dad. And on that mirror, written in dad's handwriting, are messages. And I've been to girls' houses. I could think of a couple eighth grade girls chaps where dad goes, they're still on there, and it's like six months ago I wrote those. Wow. Because that goes all the way into her heart space. Yeah. And God said if the hearts of fathers don't turn, right, that he's gonna come and strike the land with a curse. And so the whole heart turning, not head, yeah. heart turning is really where I love helping men learn what it, that means. And some of
1: those positive messages that fathers can give their daughters are actually a reflection of our father in heaven, and God loves that girl. Yes. And and he wants to connect with her. So dads, you are are the example and actually the conduit for the father's love to warm the heart of your daughter. Uh, Mention the the website and where can people buy your two books?
3: Sure. So my website is drmichellewatson.com. I have free resources, links to both books there. I do a Dad-Daughter Friday blog every other week. And I also for five years have done radio podcasting. And the name of my show is The Dad Whisperer. So you can go to any <laughs> iTunes. I was actually called that by a radio host one day and it sort of stuck. He said, we don't like women shouting at us and I don't know how you do it, but you whisper to us. Yeah. And so if you're, if you're a dad listening who wants to dial into your daughter's heart space with more intention and consistency, then either of my books will help. But the second one especially has 60 conversation starters where you can lead your daughter to laugh, to love, to look deeper, than to lament. In fact, my husband, Ken Canfield, I've only been married for a year. He said, I think that's the most important section because if a daughter has woundedness, especially from her dad, now's the time to clean it out. And then the last one is lead her to listen where you flip the script and she can ask dad questions about his life. So both books, you can go to any book distributor. First one, as I just said, dad, here's what I really need from you, a guide for connecting with your daughter's heart. And then the second one is let's talk conversation starters for dads and daughters. Go
1: to drmichellewatson.com and I want to thank Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield for coming on our program. Thanks God bless you and, and thanks for helping us dads. Woo, go dads. All right. I'm Dr. Chaps and we'll be right back.
3: Dr. Chaps will be right back with more PIJN News.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Chaps. You know, I've been spending time in prayer and the word and for years I've been teaching about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, how you can experience the power of God in your life for your own personal or prophetic ministry, just like they experienced in Acts chapter two in the Bible, when the apostles were all gathered in the upper room and the power of God descended upon them and they began to speak with other tongues. You know, now up to 800 million Christians worldwide have experienced the power of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's for today, it's for you. And you can have this, or at least the teaching about it when you visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Click on the online bookstore at the top and you can get this new product for a suggested donation of $30. We'll mail it to you right away. Or you can call us at 866 Obey God. Operators are standing by to pray with you or to order this powerful teaching series. Every mention in the New Testament of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We talk about the power gifts of the Holy Spirit. We talk about church history of speaking in tongues and great interviews with Lana Heitley and Charles Johnson. You need this product, it'll energize you. Call us right now at 866-Obey-God. For a suggested donation of $30, you get this new DVD teaching on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Call us today at 866-Obey-God
0: empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps.
1: Our website is PrayInJesusName.org. If you need prayer today, we're here to pray for you. That's why we have a toll-free number, 866-ObeyGod. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. It's toll-free. and. If we're not there, if it's after hours, that's okay. Leave a message. We'll call you back. And we want to pray with you. That's why we offer these services. Also, if you can please donate on our website, prayinjesusname.org. Please do so today. We'll see you next time.